Shooting it raw? Yes. Shooting it raw. Well, I think it, it is really about um, capturing a moment that, uh, you know, you think you might never be in this place again with this person or having this experience. Um, and you want to capture that moment. And I think we still we still have the same motivation, but we uh, sometimes lose the moment by pulling ourselves out of it, going into our heads and taking a picture of it instead of just, you know, being there where your feet are. Um, I don't know if that's a good answer to that question, but I'm, I'm still thinking about that question. You know, there was this, docu this documentary um, on this photographer in New York City. She was never famous. After she died, somebody found thousands of her pictures. And they were all sort of extraordinary because she wore the camera kind of down at her navel level and walked around the city snapping these candids um, of people in compromising positions and at sort of unflattering angles. <laughs> nobody prepared, nobody posing. And, um, you know, just some of the most amazing human interest shots that you've ever seen. So I guess I, like when I saw that documentary, I thought that's what it was supposed to be, you know, when it was still an art. Like that's what photography was. Just, you know, these amazing off kilter sort of unexpected, beautiful human moments. I am I'm I'm in the padded room. I'm in the padded cell. Why am I in a padded cell? Because I can't get out here unless I get a thousand subscribers. So please subscribe to the podcast and then maybe they'll let me out. And to celebrate, I'll eat a Carol whole Carolina Reaper and film it so you can laugh at me. So please subscribe, share, help me get out of this padded cell. Stephanie Green. SDGs oh. in the house. SDG. Nobody else calls me that, but I like it. <laughs> um, you know, you know, it's really something. I, I realized something that, that every the only women that I've ever really uh, uh, gotten close to yeah. have Dawn in their name. Oh, stop it. So my wife's middle name is Dawn. Really? Uh, your middle name is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm very particular about that. <laughs> they have to have Dawn or else I'm not okay. interested. Okay. All right. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So thank you so much. This is so great. So great. What a treat. It's great for me too. We haven't seen each other in forever. Uh, yeah. 30 years, perhaps? Can it, can Who, it are be? You? Who are you? Who am I? I Who are know. you? <laughs> Why are we doing Who this? Who are we? What's like, happening? No, but it's just, it's a, it's amazing. It's amazing. Because here's what's really interesting is that the, um, the separation of time is so definitive. And yet the sound of your voice is just like, I mean, that's, that's Stephanie right there. Yeah. Like, I would say the same amazing. about your face. I, I mean, it's just. I mean, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What can we do? Ah, <laughs> uh, this is awesome. Um, okay, let's dive into the photo. Okay. I have I have six images, and I'll let you choose the first one, uh, and then I'll look at them. Okay. So, because I don't look at them until the person points them out. Oh. So I have F and J window. Okay. 
Uh, little Girls Kick Ass. Yes. Love Fever. Oh. Maria. Yes. <laughs> BBT. P. BBT. Steph Guell. Oh, yes. And Women's March. Okay. So which one would you like to do first? Um, <clears throat> well, I guess that where I'm most comfortable talking from <laughs> is probably a good place to start. Sure. So it would be, you know, in the role of someone else uh, hiding in a character. So let's talk about F and J. So fun. So great. Thank you. Oh, this is awesome. Okay, so uh, the photo. So first of all, what you just said there beforehand, mm -hmm. very dark. We're laughing a lot, but that's very dark. <laughs> I, wow, I do okay. have a dark streak. Yes. I could. I could. Well, yeah. Uh, let's dive in. Shall sure, we? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, in this photograph, um, it's a okay. So it's a peculiar photo because in in the photo, the image shows. You looking to your right, yes, uh, in a in a sort of bathrobe, yes, and behind you is a guy, very you know, handsome guy, not my type, but handsome, <laughs> uh, curly hair, uh, shirtless, wearing pajamas. You both yes. are kind of looking off. It looks like a state. It could be a film, but it looks like the lighting is stagey. Oh, um, it's a very kind of alcove, alcove blue light. Yes. Uh, you look like you're in the moment of speech. You're not quite saying something, but you're kind of speaking off. Yes. I mean that on the on. It's so so weird that on my computer screen is like video of Stephanie speaking and a, and a still of Stephanie on, <laughs> on stage. Very strange. That's so strange. Um, oh, you nailed it. Yeah. Keep yeah. going. Anything else? I'm just sort of letting a listener listen to hear it out. So um, it's weird because. This couldn't have been made during a performance because it's like, I, I mean, I imagine it couldn't because it looks like the, the, the photographer is on stage with you. So the, the, the portrait's right there. So describe why this photo? You know, it's interesting that you said that because I actually hadn't uh, remembered that piece of it. it. It is a stage shot. It's from a show that I did called uh, Frankie and Johnny and the Claire de Lune. Um, so the, <laughs> the blue light that you were speaking of is this, uh, their attempt at uh, moonlight. Uh, and a, lot, a great deal of the play takes takes place, uh, you know, in this in this window. And it's interesting because I think when they took the picture, it wasn't an actual performance. It was a rehearsal uh, just for that right. reason. So the photographer could get right up to the edge of the stage without, you know, disrupting any of the audience and, and take some great shots. Um, but yes, that is a scene that we did in every show. So when I look at that picture, I don't. I don't remember the rehearsal or the photographer. I just uh, remember the scene and the character mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and the play. Um, so it was, you know, it was one of the favorite, my favorite roles that I ever had the opportunity to play. And it was sort of, it came to me at a time in my life where I, I just couldn't have related more to this character. Um, so it's mm -hmm. just kind of one of those really great immersive roles where you sort of disappear from your own life for a couple of months and, you know, go into the headspace of this person. And I was living, living away from home for a couple of months, rehearsing away from home. Um, so just really got involved. And it's just this, uh, a beautiful, um, real love story about two people who, mm. you know, are past their prime and sort of given up on love well at least frankie has given up on love johnny is the eternal optimist and uh you know 
they have one night of passion together and he thinks he's in love with her and she's hmm. terrified. Uh, so uh, the whole thing takes place in their apartment as they try to sort of her apartment, sorry, as they try to hash it out. And oh, he wow. tries to convince her that that maybe there is a spark or something to believe in again, that maybe there's no reason to be cynical. What a premise. Yeah, it's it's a great, you know, uh, Terrence McNally, it's a great script. And I was just so, so excited to uh, to get that part. I remember sleeping oh, wow. with the script under my pillow. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> It's all the process. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that theater was kind of an intimate, tiny theater. And, um, you know, the scene opens with a lovemaking scene, or the play opens with a lovemaking scene. So we had to rehearse the, uh, let's see, gymnastics of that, sure. I guess. Is mm-hmm. Right in the middle of the scene, um, Johnny is supposed to make Frankie laugh. Uh, Frankie laughs and rolls off the bed still okay. you know wearing the sheet but when the lights come up it's sort of a dim light that blue moonlight that you'd refer to and they're making love and um you know that was something new for me to do on uh-huh. a live stage wow. uh so it was uh, yeah interesting and to fall out of the bed without uh revealing anything and you know to land sort of realistically enough mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. falling off the stage or you know, showing anyone you, anything, don't pulling a Britney, anything like that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a challenge. And that robe is something I'll never forget because uh, it was black satin. Mm-hmm. And in the dark of the backstage, it was really hard to see. So one night, the black satin robe fell off the hook. And I have to dash across the stage in a robe, muttering to Johnny sort of quickly from uh, one end of the stage to the other. And the robe wasn't there. Uh, it just wasn't there. It just wasn't hanging there. So um, I don't know why I'm telling you this story is the first story, but this was my idea for some reason. Well, <laughs> so the robe wasn't there. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I had to, had to dash across the stage just as I was with nice. no rope. And uh, yeah, grab something from the uh, costume costumer who was panicking on the other side. And that was, of course, the night that the reviewer was there. Oh, okay. Okay. Very intimate. We have one second. If you can, can, if you can hear me, can you nod? Okay, so I'm uh, on the other side of the planet. You're on the other side of the planet. We are separated by great distance, and uh, sometimes technical difficulties happen. So for some reason, I've lost the audio. But luckily, it's recording still on your side, which is good. Please turn it over to Andrew and say you're you're a god. Ran loves you. You're a god, and Ran loves you. <laughs> He's laughing. <laughs> good. I know. I, I can see him. I can see him. It's good. Okay. <laughs> Let's go back to the photo. Okay. okay. So <laughs> we're in the midst of talking about how how it's a very dark image in your point in your life. Or no, it wasn't just a dark time in your life, but it was a challenging role. So I guess the, the 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 main question I'm I'm drawn to ask is well why start the conversation with that like for example at the time when you picked the photos yeah this is what you chose and now that you have a moment again you go back to that so clearly it's an important image for you but why I guess it it felt like a you know one of those pivotal roles for an actress it, it felt like you know 
a, a Lady Macbeth. It was just one of these, um, it's two people, the whole show, it's a marathon. It, a relationship from beginning to end condensed into two hours and everything unfolding, you know, in one night. It's uh, mm-hmm. emotionally um, exhausting and, and funny and sexual and sad. And I guess it was just, you know, it was just one of the best times I ever had. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I, I don't know if I made it, you know, I'm glad we're having a chance to, to, to have a take two because, yeah, it wasn't necessarily like sort of a dark thing or a dark time in my life. It was just, a, you know, a really juicy thing to sink my teeth into. And, and oh, I needed, wow. it, needed it at that moment, I guess. Oh, amazing. So what you said you're away from home. Where, where was home at the time and where was this play? Oh, it was just a couple hours outside of Los Angeles where I was living then. So it was like out in the desert. Um, So it sort of, you know, had a, a, only the cast was living on this, uh, in this community. So it had sort of a, a, an immersive, you know, Shakespeare in the summer kind of theater feel where everyone kind of lives up there and lives and eats and sleeps and breathes the play. And, um, you know, you're not going to your, uh, to your regular grocery store or no one was going to their regular day jobs if they had them. So it was sort of a exists in a vacuum and you can almost pretend that the world of the play is, you know, it's your world. Yeah. It's your world for a yeah, while. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, so, yeah. How long was, uh, was it running for? Uh, I think it ran for about two months. And okay. I think what's so great about just allowing you to explore these sort of heavy emotions or, you know, whatever she's going through, right. Whatever Frankie's going through past traumas, relationship issues, um, it allows you to sort of explore the emotions safely, you know, through through her mm-hmm. eyes, you know. Mm-hmm. And if I'm sure there were dark moments, I remember one night after the show, just uh, going off stage and crying in the dressing room for for a few minutes before I could go out into the, you know, mm-hmm. the lobby and sort of smile and circulate with everyone and right. and be be bubbly, you know, bubbly Miss Mary Sunshine and. And Johnny came backstage and I was just sort of sitting in the, the dressing room weeping tragically. Uh-huh. And he was like, he goes, I, I kind of, this role is so heavy for you. He said, I, mm-hmm. I was kind of waiting for this to happen. He said, I thought I was kind of thinking you might get to this point earlier. He's like, I think this is good. This is, this is healthy, yeah. you know, <laughs> so get it out. Cause maybe you feel a little too much like this character. That's really a bit dysfunctional, you know? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's, that's sort of part of the experience. Am I saying weird things? Uh, You're making terrible no, things. No, 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 no. I am, I am, I am. So I sort of mentioned this in the, in the email, right? So, you know, I was, I was run over by a car, almost died, all this brain injury. I didn't okay. know any of that. It's, it's okay. I know, but just like I, but I just like, I don't know any, any of that of you. Right. And so <laughs> right. that's why, like for me, for you, like you lived it so you make that that kind of linear connection of your life of how we led to this point now that we're talking. But, okay, so when I was hit by the car, time just stopped. And then all I can remember is about two or three months afterwards, memory coming back to me, and then I could just kind of piece things together. But it's like, I asked myself, well, where was I during those two or three months? You know, where was I? It was just there was a good solid amount of time where I was awake and conscious and speaking and doing stuff. But, but I, I wasn't there. I, cause I have no memory of it. I wasn't there. Yeah. 
Similarly, this is how my experience of your story is. There's this linear connection of who you are. And then we graduated. I think I, I didn't go to graduation, so I went to France. I went traveling. And then I think that's it. It was poof. And here we are, 20 or 30 years later, and I'm just like, what, how did you become you? Like, how, what is, how did you end up in Los Angeles, for example? What, what was that? A million tiny little things. Exactly. Right? It's a million a tiny little things. I know. So how did you end up in, in Los Angeles? Like, when did you move there? Uh, let's see. Well, the first time I moved to Los Angeles oh. uh, was the towards yeah the end of 1998. Uh huh. And I had been I'd been living in Vermont and I've lived all over New England by that point. I'd oh, spent wow. some time in Connecticut, New Hampshire, um, Massachusetts, and Connecticut, which is not wow. crazy about. And uh, you know, just decided to to go out to Los Angeles and see what was going on out there. I was doing some, I was on a tour, I think. Uh, right before I left, I did like a uh, Christmas Carol uh, touring company thing where we went from Vermont down to Alabama and performed at all these different uh, theaters and um, a couple of schools. So there's a road, there's a path, there's a line, there's a thread of acting across all those years. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's not something I've I've ever been able to to really let go of, you know. So amazing. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. It's amazing to me. I mean, it's it. The craft is what it is. It owns you. You know. Clearly. You must know something of that. This is your art. I'm assuming this is your craft. What an interesting question. You don't you <laughs> don't consider it so. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of my many crafts yes um but for for example end of 1998 mm-hmm. not, for me 1997 mm-hmm. when i was was, was when i was run over right oh. so it's kind of interesting like i'm sure there's there are movies about this that, that sort of explore this kind of theme of how different journeys kind of split and what happens so you landed in in los angeles you fell on this this play. This moment was a great juicy character you could sink your teeth into. The, so the picture is probably uh, from Frankie and Johnny. It's probably from 2014, I think. That okay. that show. Yeah. When I first landed in LA, it was 98. So yeah, just you know, chasing the dream and uh, amazing. You know, trying to find like-minded people, I guess. Right. If if you were going to speak to your younger self? Love this question. What would happen? What would you say? <sighs> There's so much to tell her. I, I just, I hardly know where to begin. You know, I mean, I think I went to, I went to Los Angeles, you know, fairly naive about the industry. And um, I think I would tell myself that it's okay to hold on to, to who you are you know, at, even at the expense of, of what you thought your dreams were. It, it's okay to modify things to stick mm-hmm. to what you know is right, you know, because you get a little confused in uh, that kind of a setting as a, you know, a young woman in Hollywood trying to do what you think of as a craft or an art that you've put a lot of time into studying, but 
really there you're sort of on parade and just uh, auditioning, mm-hmm. being marched about and, you know, being judged on all the things that are superficial about you. So uh, sure. it can muddle your head, you know? Yeah. So I think I would say, you know, stay grounded. Re- remember who you are, you know, who you were before you came here is still who you are, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think, uh, you know, Los Angeles is one of those, <laughs> one of those crazy cities that changes people. Mm-hmm. Are you still able to see me right now? Absolutely, yes. Everything's great okay, on good. my side. This is great. Let's move on to the next photo, shall we? Sure. They're numbered, so I'm going to go down the list. So number two, okay. it's called Little Girls Kick Ass. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. So do you want to describe what a viewer sees or should I just describe what I see? Because this is, I'm just. Yeah, I, like, I liked your description. It was fun. Okay. It was like you were okay. trying nice. to play a, play investigator. <laughs> okay. Well, sort of, sort of. Okay. So it's a scene outside. On mm-hmm. a small temporary, no, it's not a, uh, originally I was going to say it's a, it's a stage, but actually it's like a barrier. So it's those red, yes. white road barriers. Uh, yes. On the barrier are three youngish girls holding up yeah. uh, placards with, I can't read quite the, the signs, but they're pink. Hard for me to tell where it is. Oh, actually, no, no, it looks, okay. The, I can see very tall palm trees in the background, blue, blue sky. It's a downtown core. What, 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 where is this? Yeah, it's uh, downtown Los Angeles, and it's uh, a picture from uh, the Women's March. Right. Um, I can see a few yeah. pussy hats. Pussy caps? Pussy yes. Hats. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think, I, I think I'm going to send you two pictures from that march. Okay. I'm not sure. But and now I'm thinking that that I went to so many marches. Honestly, ran in the first eighteen months after Trump was elected. That's uh-huh. that was sort of a part time job for me. So there was also yeah. a science march. I'm thinking maybe that might be the science march. But either way, the reason I took the picture was, you know, as someone who's worked as an educator and and as someone who I think I've become really interested in what the next generation. Uh, thinks about the things that I care about. And Mm -hmm. these, these girls were just so activated and, you know, pumped up with energy and confidence and just thrilled to be marching with all of these people for the same cause. And, Mm -hmm. and we saw there were so many people. I mean, the the shot from the roof just shows you how massive the the Mm -hmm. rally was, but it's just to see these girls caring about politics, caring about immigration, caring about, you know, uh, science and education. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I think of my own youth, I just feel like I was so clueless for so much longer than that. <laughs> Hold on. Did I lose you again? <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> This is easily the worst. This has been the most challenging technically. It's fine. It's fine. It's it good. It's good. It it's good. It's good. Listen, if you, if if you're good with it, I'm to, I'm having fun. I'm having fun too. Okay, so the women's march. Okay, so at the time, my sister yeah. lives now in Georgia. Okay. In Savannah, Georgia. Really? Okay. And so she when this was happening, she was super involved. And I had gone back to Montreal for, well, to Canada for a year uh, to, to move back from Hong Kong. Oh. And when was this, sorry? So this was, 
This is when 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 the the the, the marches were happening. Okay. You know, so early 2017. Uh, and so, yeah, exactly. And so, two questions: You're an American citizen now. Is that a question? Or you're not an American? I am not. I am actually in the process of uh, be of be having oh. dual citizenship, but I'm still a Canadian citizen oh. technically. Ah, okay. I, I had permanent residency in the states for all the time that I lived there. A long time. A long wow. Time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I was in Montreal at the time, and you know, just kind of observing this, and you were in Los Angeles, which was a hub for a lot of these marches and these protests. Well, basically, it was the hub, yeah. right? As for the Me Too movement, really. I would say Southern California um, in general. Yeah. 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 It was, and and it it certainly made reverberations and so looking back now given that you're no longer there and how it's evolved and and sort of matured from that point what are your thoughts about the, the girls about the marches about the movement about your experience um well i you know when when he was first elected i mean we i definitely thought about coming back to Montreal immediately. I mean, there was sort of a panic, uh, <laughs> yeah, political panic that for, for myself personally, I had never known in my lifetime, you know. And um, things immediately began affecting me directly. And I, and I say that because a lot of people talk about politics in this sort of hypothetical, you know, esoteric kind of way. And, and when I was angry at Trump and, and all the policies that he was changing, they were directly and immediately affecting my life. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Not to be, you know, like, no, that wasn't the only reason that things that he was saying were horrible, no. but the argument from the other side is always, well, how does that really, you know, affect you? Or does that even yeah. really directly affect you? And yes, as a matter of fact, it does, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was, it started affecting the seniors immediately. It started affecting immigrants, you know, DACA kids, people with green cards. I mean, a week after. Wait, wait, stop, 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 stop. Stop. You and I are the same age. Yeah. Do you consider yourself a senior, really? No, no. I'm saying the laws that he was changing. <laughs> I'm just like, being an idiot. Was, <laughs> I mean, you know, we're getting close. <laughs> oh, how dare, how I? dare you? <laughs> no, I feel extremely okay. young and immature still, honestly. I, I don't oh, think I'm close to a real adult. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so they were really affecting you. They're really affecting you. Yeah, definitely. And I, I just felt like I needed to stay there and fight it out. I think we I, we ended up staying until, uh, you know, May of, of this year and just getting really mm -hmm. involved, you know, in, in the movement, in the community and, and helping not just protesting and rallies, but just sort of waking up to what was you know, going on around me. And, uh, and it was really a channel for my rage. I mean, I had a lot of anger towards uh, oh, the wow. system and, uh, you know, all of the corruption that was that was going on. And it was sort of horrifying to realize that all of my paranoid friends and their conspiracy theories were right most of the time, you know. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> so I, I, it was just wow. it was a really important time, I guess, for me because uh, it activated me. It turned me into an activist and there's so many people wow. around me. And, and it sort of created a separation between um, those of us that felt we had to fight and those of us that sort of threw up our hands and said, oh, well, it is what it is. Or, you know, let's just see what he does. 
you know, let's just right, see what right. <laughs> How bad can it get? How bad can it get? You, have you watched him speak? I mean, you know, he's off his yeah, rock. Yeah. He hits like wow. every branch on the, you know, narcissistic yeah. tree. So, yeah. So I guess, you know, that was something that suddenly became hugely important to me, you know, that that, uh, mm-hmm. that wasn't before him. So Okay. So we're talking. I don't look at the photos. I just somehow... We, we reconnected. Do you want to be on the podcast? I'm learning about your life. And now that you're you're opening these windows and doors, I'm like, yeah, you're living in California, in Los Angeles, during the Me Too movement, which is really the, uh, the one of the n- main nexus points. Oh, yeah. Hollywood so, particularly. Lots of emotion. And, and... You're not in Hollywood as, or you're not, or you're not in Los Angeles there as a as an architect. You're not there <laughs> as a, as a, as as a dental surgeon. You're there as an actor within an industry that is basically what's being investigated and looked at and talked about. And and so, yeah, here we are, a few years down the line from there. So. Has there been progress or has it essentially stayed status quo? Yeah, you know, I think there has been. I think there has been progress. I mean, I think what was really upsetting about the Me Too movement for a lot of women was uh, how personal it got um, between friends and neighbors. And, you know, I, I had a conversation with someone who said they checked my Facebook page and someone had written a, a sort of an anti Me Too comment sort of a, I don't know what this mm-hmm. movement is all about. I just can't get on board with right. this, you know, thing. And she said, honestly, there was something about reading that comment that triggered something in me. And I ran into the bathroom and threw up. And I said, what, oh. why would that, why would that be exactly? So come to find out that, you know, she herself had had an experience and was not believed. She happened to be younger when it happened. Right. It wasn't a Hollywood situation. It wasn't a Harvey Weinstein, but something worse in a way that happened, you know, within her family. Yeah. And she said, it was the disbelief that triggered me. It was, oh yeah, I remember right. this. I remember telling someone them going, that's not true. You need to stop making up lies. Mm. And that, that sort yeah. of opened my eyes in a way that... I, these these inane conversations that people are having on social media are are doing more damage. Um, so just right. had to completely remove myself from that conversation and started having the conversation in real life. And that meant, you know, showing up at wow. the senator's office every Friday for our 12 o'clock rally or whatever it was we were doing that, that day that made us feel like at least I was doing something. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, I, I remember mm-hmm. a great moment with my husband's grandmother, you know, um, Grandma Junie. And she said, I, all of this, me too, all of this that's going on, I just think it's wonderful. And it was one of those moments where yeah. everyone in the room sort of looks at the older person and thinks, is she, she losing it? Or is she, does she mean what she just right. said? You know, and she's like, because yeah. in my day, we just never talked about it. We just never talked about it. It happened at the office. It happened in schools. I mean, our yeah. bosses were doing it. She said, and we just, we just allowed it and we never spoke about it she said so i think this is wonderful i thought well she's the wisest yeah. person i know i'm gonna take that nugget of advice and i agree with her wow, wow. so yeah it can't wow. bringing something into the light it can't be a bad yeah. thing oh for sure for sure um you said into the light and <laughs> because photography is about lights 
Let's move on to the next image, shall we? Let's do it. Nice transition. Oh, wait, wait. I have to ask you something. Sure. I have to ask you something. Are you good with accents? Uh, I mean, I'm okay. You know what? Professionally? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm sitting in the room with someone who is mind-blowing with accents, my husband. So I don't okay. actually like to say yeah. that I'm good with accents when he's in the room. Uh, <laughs> Compared to the average Joe, sure. He's an impressionist. Right, okay. He's sort of an impressionist, so he can do any voice. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Do you want to do the rest, not the rest, but another two minutes with a Quebecois accent? Can you do it? <laughs> no, can I... you do the Quebecois accent? Um... But can he do it? Oh, can he do it? Uh, he has not been here very long. I don't think uh, he's exactly comfortable with uh, French uh, accent yet. But, well, you know, he's getting there. He's a... Some impressionist. <laughs> <laughs> some impressionist. He it needs, it needs more exposure. Okay. Uh, you know, he's more like a okay. <laughs> musical impressionist. He's uh, uh, he, he, I love any it. band, any uh, singer, you know, from Bing Crosby okay. to the Arctic Monkeys. And it's, uh, it's awesome. uncanny. But awesome. yeah, anyway. And this one, not what I was expecting. Okay, so, uh, although it relates perfectly to music. Okay, so it's a photo of four women wearing, well, three women wearing white. Oh, yes. Love fever. Shirtless sleeves with hearts on your <laughs> boobs, I guess. Yes. I guess one of the guitarists, you can't see the drummer, but one of the guitarists uh, is wearing a, a black, it looks like a leather or naga hide or whatever, faux leather uh, jacket. Shirt. Yes. Uh, you're all fully made up. Very and it looks like up. a green screen in the background. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is going on there? Yeah. So this is a, a friend of mine who's a singer songwriter. You know, she she had this vision for, for uh, a song that she had written. She's sort of... Um, a wonderful um, folk singer, songwriter. She plays her guitar and she writes sort of acoustic. She likes to call them sort of tragic love songs, you know, and that was her thing for years and years. Mm -hmm. And she just kind of had a wild hair one day and wanted to write this sort of disco-y song and called Love Fever and had an image sort of a Robert Palmer, like simply irresistible uh, visual in her mind where all the girls look uh -huh. sort of identical and they all had to be blondes. She's a brunette and she wanted to be the only brunette. And right. so it was supposed to be sort of very plastic and, and poppy and retro, you know, for this, this, this funny little song that she had written, which was one of the few happy songs that she said. Right. So she wanted all, all of us to collaborate. And okay. I think I chose it because collaboration with talented people and collaboration with other artists and finding ways to use my friends uh, in things and, and work with them on projects is just mm -hmm. like the greatest joy. That's just one of my greatest oh, joys. Wow. So when I, you know, I looked at that picture and I thought it represents sort of a collaboration for me. So she, she's the one with a black shirt. Uh, so there, there are four, yep. there are four women in, in, in the, yep. in the photo. Yeah. Collaboration. Okay. So, so let's tie that back to your experience would you describe acting? Okay, so acting on stage is a continuous sort of like shot. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's just an action, and you're just there. You go through the emotions in a kind of a progressive or linear kind of. It's not like, okay, in this scene you're this, and in this right. scene you're something else. So here we have the four of you shooting. It's like a video? Exactly, a music video. Okay. And so why don't you talk about the role of collaboration versus self 
you know, personal growth, like group versus self development. And as far as an artist, sure, an artist. in terms of how you interpret that. Um, I think it's just sort of, a, you know, a natural stage of adult development to sort of hopefully, I guess, become interested in, uh, in other people and lo look around more as you get older and maybe see value in, in somebody else's project that uh, they're trying to raise money for some cause or they're, they're collaborating with this particular uh, community group and, and you just want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's still ultimately always about, uh, you know, always about the art, but it doesn't always have to be about me. Right. You know, so if, if I see something great that I want to jump in on and, and then and then, you know, if, if it always works the other way when I wrote them that Orange King and I reached out to all my friends and I was like, I wrote this piece. I, I don't even know if it's good. I will you read it? Will you come and, you know, read it on camera? Well, everyone just jumped on board and it was so heartwarming to have all of these people like, absolutely. You know, like okay. you wrote it, you love it, you're behind it, we're in. Okay. And, and when I thought about why that was, it's because I've done that for them and we've done that for each other. Got and it. one way to keep the art alive too in a place like Hollywood is you keep the fire fire going, that little ember burning between yourselves. So when it becomes all about the shot or how you look or the marketability of the project, right. you guys remember why you're really doing it. Right. Okay, so here's how I can feed into that is that, okay, so my work in the past 15 years uh, has been to look at or to define this idea of what is service, right? So service leadership, where this came from was DHL is a massive, huge company. And one of the founders of DHL and I met and I worked with them for 15 years. We created this program to help people develop as service leaders. And what we say is service is that connection you have between people. So what I'm feeding into that, into, into your description, right, in terms of you create a project, in a way, you come up with an idea, for example, be it the band or, or some other creative project, and then your connection with others, your service to others, is what inspires them to join you on whatever vision you have. So for in her case, it was like, I want to have you people join me in my network or in my group, join me to create this video. And as a performer, as, a, as an actor, it's not really about you. It's about evoking an emotion or if, like you're, the service you're giving is you're giving the audience the service of I'm going to help you feel something. I'm going to help you learn something. I'm going to help you experience something. Yeah, I, definitely. It's, that's it's a part of it. So you made a reference to another pro another project. You said some Orange King. Oh, the Mad Orange King. Well, yeah, that was a project that I, that was a piece that I wrote during quarantine. Okay. Um, that was really all about Trump and the situation and the Black Lives Matter and Me Too and everything that was just sort of colliding around us at that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that everyone you know that I've known in Los Angeles for the last. 15, 20, 25 years, we've created a really nice network of writers and singers and musicians and actors and good people, like sort of weeded out all of the people that are in it for the wrong reasons at this right. point. And got it. You know, everyone that's still standing has really got some stuff, you know. Yeah, so yeah. 
so that that's for me that was still really a selfish project in the sense that it was my baby and everyone was willing to help me out with it but i think the collaboration is something that it evolves and if you're open to it like as an educator i mean i'm really collaborating with my students too and trying to inspire some sort of a spark in them and i think that matters more and more to you as as you get older the the next generation is left with some semblance of what you care about i guess right you're an educator you're a teacher i do also teach yeah where do you teach what do you teach well, um, I've developed a lot of my own programs, sort of enrichment programs, performing art programs, oh, wow. writing programs, acting in theater programs. I mean, I've honestly taught taught a lot of other things as well along the way, but those are, you know, my passion projects. So mm. during quarantine, we, uh, my husband and I came up with a, a film festival idea, Quarantine Film Fest, oh, wow. for uh, all the creative students that I had taught before and uh, kind of pulled my artist friends into it and um, involved. So we had six modules and each module, you know, you would learn a piece about filmmaking. So we had a director friend from New York come in and speak. We had a writer friend who worked at the Geffen theater in Los Angeles speak. We had a a singer rapper friend who performs in LA come and speak to her craft and the kids could ask questions about that. So you know, just, I guess, trying to spread it, mm-hmm. spread the love and make sure that it continues and that the kids who are, who are really in it for those reasons, like not to be on a commercial or just to be famous, but I really want these kids to understand what it's about and how much work it is. You know, right. the first video that we did with the kids was called 10,000 hours. And it was about how much time you really have to put into something mm-hmm. to get good at it, to consider yourself a master the good news being that they're kids, so mm-hmm. if they start now, right, 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 <laughs> you can put in your ten thousand hours. You guys can master pretty much anything by age twenty-five. The parents liked it, uh, you know, liked the work ethic behind it, and you uh, know, it ended up uh, paying our rent for a couple of months when uh, when I was out of work in quarantine. So oh that wow, was, uh, that was a good thing, and uh, yeah. Would you like to go on to the next photo, or would you like to sure. talk more? Okay, yeah. This is great. Okay, so you're on stage. You're wearing these pajamas. Again, you, you seem to be a, 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 a really a pajama <laughs> pajamas again. You're a pajama actor. <laughs> it's so, just an excuse to not wear clothes. <laughs> it's so sad to be typecast. Oh, dear. <laughs> I love funny. it. Okay, so you're on stage. There's a, it's the 90, no, 80% of the image is black. So there's basically very, yeah. like, very... Uh, stark lighting on stage there's a crib in the background there's a guy it looks like he's mic'd he looks like he has a mic off his uh off his face but he's holding yeah. up he's holding up uh, probably a doll he's in his pajamas you're both wearing slippers uh <laughs> yes. you're you're this looks like a comedic moment because you're looking at him with this nice little expression of like Okay, I'm watching you do your do your thing, whatever it is. So, so, what what is this photo? Yeah, really fun. I'm trying to think what year. I believe this was 2019. That was a a piece that my husband and I did together at the Big Bear Theater Project. It's outside of Los Angeles. Oh, nice. Up in the mountains. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, so some friends of ours, um, you know, run that theater, and my friend Christine that I had mentioned that you know participated in the camp as a writing specialist. 
um, was in a writing workshop and a friend of hers had written this piece and they were doing a night of original pieces that were all about love. And this is a really funny piece called Maria where um, the husband gets caught uh, singing musical theater show tunes to the baby. Mm-hmm. And the wife is just absolutely furious. You know, we talked about this. What did I tell you about the musical theater? And there's a whole sort of, do you want our son to be an actor? <laughs> and it was just a great actor bashing, very yeah. ironic, you know, yeah, to yeah, play yeah. that and to get to work with him and, and whatever. So, yeah, just, a, I guess, another example of, you know, when you you make these connections with great people and all of a sudden, you know, they're working on something and they're like, hey, guess what we're doing? You know, oh. we're putting together this thing about you guys want to be in it, you know? And nice. it's just, it became for me such a, an essential way of surviving as an artist in L.A. was like, oh, I don't have to keep auditioning for right. people that I've never met who know nothing about what I have to give. Yeah. We can create stuff ourselves, sure. you know, sure. we can produce our own stuff. So, yeah, so I guess that's what that's about. I love that you're uh, a couple who do acting together. That's really sweet. <laughs> I, I love, okay, so as a funny moment of convergence, the previous, yes. one of the previous guests, I think she lives yeah. in, I think it might be, I may have forgotten the town, but I think it's Big Bear in California. It's high. It's really? Like, yeah, isn't that funny? Like I, she's, she was living in Hong Kong as a psychotherapist a clinical psychologist and she just okay. left Hong Kong because of the politics and all this stuff. And her, her new boy, her, her partner, they moved to California. And I think, I think it's big bear, which is really funny. That is very strange. Yeah. 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 And it's not that big of a city. You know, yeah. It's up in the mountains. And, oh, exactly. Okay. That's what she described as well. Um, the podcast is about inspire. Okay. Each, like every moment is a gift. Life is precious. Every moment is a gift. Yes. Uh, how can we make the most out of every second? Okay. How do we make every second count? And you two meet and you're kind of like, okay, there's this, on the one hand, there's this industry and this, these, these tensions around your craft or, or the, the work that you find valuable that you don't connect with. When you say tensions, do you mean that, are you still talking about the Me Too one? Well, yeah, well, all of it, all of it. It's okay. just, it's just at the end of the day, like, for example, we're all hustling. Like, we're all hustling. Yes, true. My, my, <laughs> my wife works at the university. She's hustling. Everybody's hustling. But how you guys have made your choices and essentially designed your lives to say, okay, well, we're going to do stage productions and we're going to make a life in this direction. And yeah, so so how can we... Somebody's listening to this who's maybe not 20 years old, but is actually 40 years old, who's thinking, ah, acting? I wonder. What what could you say to them that would sort of fan whatever flame is in their gut to go into acting? Oh, that's an interesting question. Finally. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think if, if you're still thinking about it at age 40, you know, my my instinct is that's that's something that's been burning in you for a while that you, you need to explore that. I mean, I, I think I might say it about anything, you're going to regret it if you don't explore mm-hmm. it. But acting is, you know, taught me almost everything that I know about life. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I could talk all day about the merits of acting. My program, um, the first program I developed was called Acting for Life because... 
honestly, empathy, um, collaboration, teamwork, managing my emotions, reading other people's cues, like, you know, that uh, everything you need to know you learned in kindergarten, sort of. Mm-hmm. It's a similar thing, like right. everything that I that I know about relationships and uh, and working with people in the business world and uh, creating art, as I, I learned in in drama class, you know. And I feel like if you teach it right, if you really care about getting into someone's psychology and and picking up on somebody else's emotions and receiving what they send you on the stage and and responding and staying present with them, and not mm-hmm. overthinking it. Um, these are life skills. Sure, of course. They're not just course. acting skills. Um, shall we move on to the next photo? Sure, you're the boss. SDG is in the house. Let's make it happen. <laughs> okay. Oh, this photo. Okay. So in the other images, uh, it's you either in a crowd or you on stage in front of a crowd or. Which is okay. So, what was the first the thing girls. you said? Remember what the first thing you said to me when we started talking about acting? And I said, "Oh, wow, that's pretty dark about you know act about about sort of Im- immersing yourself in a, in a character in somebody else." Right? So yes. What did, what did you say? Do you remember? Uh, I said a lot of things. Yeah, I you need did. To start over. Uh, what, no, I'm not sure. Well, because the whole thing with with, with <laughs> acting is you're given a character, you're given a person, yeah. you're given a, a story that you immerse yourself yes. in. Yes. And so in a way, and you say everything you learned about life, you learned through acting, which is about sort of putting yourself in somebody else's story and somebody else's dialogue. Uh, and then we have this photo in front of my face, which is called Steph Guell, G-U-E-L-L. Oh, oh yeah, it's at Park Guell in, in uh, Spain. In Spain. Okay, so you're standing yes. there hugging the yeah. column that looks like a tree <laughs> yes it is a concrete tree very good okay so what am i looking at uh it's basically the shot is just of there's like two 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 other tourists in the background that you can't really notice uh it's a sunny day there are nice trees behind you but yeah. you're on this sort of like concrete with with sort of it looks like pebbles or cobblestones it's a very organic looking sort of space in that it's like a, yes a, a, it's all very brown and earthy and you're giving a hug like it's like when people imagine a like, tree hugger uh in british exactly. columbia you're giving it this like embrace to this building this edifice so what, what are we looking at um yeah and no, i think you described it perfectly i mean it it's uh i i'm glad you got the tree hugging uh, reference that's definitely how i was feeling we're, when i we're was canadians there. We are Canadians. Yeah, we're Canadians, and it's uh, it's Park Well, so it's designed by uh, Gaudi. He's a, an artist, mm-hmm. a Spanish artist, and uh, you know half of Barcelona is filled with his with his buildings. But Park Well is the one place where you can see all of his creations in one in one place. Okay. And his uh, his specialty was sort of ergonomic. Um, you know, he liked everything rounded. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another great picture that's all sort of archways, but they're not straight. That the whole thing sort of go bends like right, a beam right, right. of light. Um, so you know, I was just just amazed by the art that we saw there. We kind of planned our trip around museums and places like Park Well because 
I, we needed the inspiration, you know, and I think you mm-hmm. do kind of run dry as an artist, especially if you, you get involved in something like a, a four-year fight in politics or something, and all of a sudden, you right. know, you kind of forget about the beauty and the inspiration, and it's important to find places and spaces where you can just remember, oh, my God, this is this is what we're capable of creating. Like, a, a, a person okay. designed this. He, he, he made this. Yeah. You know, and then he decided he wanted it yeah. to be round. And then he decided, you know, it's just extraordinary. And, you know, to stand there and, and look at something else that someone else made that's beautiful is, uh, it's nurturing for me. Mm-hmm. That sounds corny. No. Don't, that, that's... Um... It sounds perfect. It it's it's everything is just right. Everything is just the way it has to be. So we off and on having a conversation for I think it's been about forty seven hours now okay. because of the tech. Yeah, right. <laughs> um so first of all, thank you. Thank you must you. be very tired. You must be dehydrated. <laughs> I might take a but, sip of water, but I'm all right. <laughs> feel free, go for it. Okay. Okay, so how do we we tie these amazing like i don't think we have time to go through all of the photos but let's take the next five minutes okay. or to please please take the next five minutes to kind of okay let's say right now you're communicating for some anonymous audience your own experience okay fine and your own history and your own mentality and your own thinking but in a way, what we're doing right now is we're creating a snapshot of your life and your thinking and your thought patterns at this moment that later you can look back on and and he, he listen to yourself and go like, okay, so that's where my head was at. Mm, so it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> there's no pressure, but but as an educational moment or as a communicative moment, as a performance, how do we? put out into the world a thought or an idea that helps another person go, oh, yeah, let me try that. Can we create an epiphany in another person to realize something about either about acting or about uh, about getting active politically or about teaching or about just life? Can we create that in another person is the question. If you like. I'm just... Lost track of the question. <laughs> I was enjoying your speech, but I lost track of the question. People make fun of my my interview style because it's not really no. it's a conversation. They, they're just like you just talk for a while and then you and kind then of you just stop. raise the voice, <laughs> and then the person's like, "Is there a question?" Like, I don't know, is there? So, what do you think? I mean, I you know what I was thinking about while you were while you were speaking is <laughs> yammering away. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that, but no. What this one, you know, particular moment in a in a theater uh, teaching moment, I guess, was um, a young girl, and we were we were trying to demonstrate the method of acting. You know, that Stanislavski, the method, and how you call on past experiences, and you know, there's a certain age at which abstract concepts like that are understandable to to kids. And um, when I first started working with kids, I I definitely had to adapt my expectations a little bit. Um, But there was this sort of great breakthrough moment with one girl where, you know, we were trying to get her to say what what it was she was upset about. And we'd put them in these improvisational scenes and they'd have to act out a, a concept or a problem. And this one girl just sort of started talking about something that it was very clear had 
actually happened to her. She was no longer pretending. Just halfway through the scene, she just started yelling and you stole my friends. I, I trusted you and you, because we were sort of poking as the acting exercise. What are you really mad at her about? What do you really want to say? You know, what haven't you said to her? So, and, and she just sort of unleashed this whole thing. And, and I could tell that it was something that actually happened to this kid while she was mm -hmm. in school in junior high. And I remember what girls were like at that age. You know? So it was mm -hmm. just sort of tapping into that emotional pain and tapping into her real emotions and how elated she was after it you know have her cheeks were okay. flushed and and she ran to her mom and she couldn't wait to tell her what had happened and i i think that the mom was not even really fully understanding what what had happened but she's like she is so excited whenever she comes home mm -hmm. from the theater she is just absolutely hooked like whatever it is that you guys are oh, wow. selling here she's but you know so like those moments where you see that uh someone else has fallen in love with the the craft the way that you've fallen in love with it i can't take credit for it i think it's something that would have happened for her at another moment with another person but happy to be there for but it. you're there you're part of it yeah you're part of it. Lucky sure. me. Um, Stephanie, SDG. Right. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much for this. This has been a real treat. It has been really fun. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Shooting it raw? Yes. Shooting it raw.